Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good boys and girls, two-footed podcast on Wednesday, the 28th of September, brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from, while also keeping your data safe. A Liberty Shield VPN comes in both a hardware and a software package. The hardware is a router that you plug into your existing router, connect any devices you want to change the IP address to the new router, and it will give you the IP of your choice. So if you are a UK expat and you want access to BBC iPlayer, just set the VPN to the UK and you will get access to BBC iPlayer, ITV Hub, all four if you're an Irish expat wanting access to RTE player, it works the same way. You just set it to Ireland and it will work. You can set it to America. You can set it to a bunch of other countries. LibertyShield.com. Use the code EPL25. That's EPL25 to get 25% off at checkout. Now, we're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homework company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check at homeofhopcroft.co.uk. Where you might find some nice Christmas presents if you're starting to do that shopping. And lastly, do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off at checkout. Do also remember to check out both of the other podcasts which come from EPL Index. A Tad Predictable, which you'll find on this feed, hosted by Tadiwa, out every week in advance of each round of Premier League games. And the EPL Roundtable, which is on its own EPL Roundtable feed, hosted by Kevin DeVries, sometimes by Jake Jackman, but normally by Kevin DeVries. So do check that one out as well. Right, folks, the international nonsense is over. And we're back to real football. International football goes away until the middle of November when it's going to destroy all seasons by popping up for an old World Cup. So last night we had some games. Greece beat, Nor- beat Northern Ireland 3-1. Pelkis, Mazaurus and Mantelas with the goals for the Greeks. Uh, Lavery with the goal for Northern Ireland. Disappointing one for Northern Ireland. Kosovo beat Cyprus 5-1. Spain beat Portugal 1-0. Alvaro Morata in the 88th minute. Uh, Nico Williams, Nico Williams, the younger brother of Inaki Williams, came off the bench for Spain, changed the game, set up the winning goal, 
and uh, played quite quite impressively. Portugal had some chances in the game, but Jota and Cristiano couldn't take advantage of the chances that fell to them. Switzerland beat the Czech Republic 2-1. Remo Freuler and Briel Mbolo with the goals within 60 seconds of each other. Patrick Schick with the goal for the Czechs, but they couldn't find a way back into it. The Republic of Ireland defeated Armenia 3-2. A bit of a mad game. Uh, John Egan scored on 18. Michael Obafemi on 52. Then Ireland did what Ireland liked to do and threw it away. Uh, Dashain and Spertsian pulled Armenia back level, but a Robbie Brady penalty on 91 gave Ireland the win. Armenia had two players sent off late on as their uh, discipline failed them. But a nice win for Ireland, and we will take that. Ukraine nil, Scotland nil. Uh, the Scots will be happy. Albania won, Iceland won. Norway nil, Serbia two. If you have listened to myself and Carl Matchett preview the World Cup groups on Anfield Index, the AI Scouted podcast, you'll know that we're both quite high on this Serbia team. And we think that the brutish nature of this Serbia team, in particular the front two, Dusan Vlahovic and Alexander Mitrovic, will cause everybody problems. Those two cause Norway a lot of problems. Those two get the goals and Serbia get a 2-0 win. That Serbian team with those two up front, Kostic and Zikovic on the wings, Lukic and Ilic in midfield and Dusan Tadic behind the strikers. That is really strong. And remember, you've still got Sergei Milinkovic-Savic to come back into one of those midfield roles. They're going to be a big problem. They're going to be a big problem. Those two up front, Mitrovic and Vlahovic, everybody is going to hate playing against them. Uh, Sweden won, Slovenia won. Uzbekistan won, Costa Rica two. South Korea won, Cameroon nil. Japan nil, Ecuador nil. Two World Cup qualifiers in, in both of those last two games, South Korea, Cameroon, and Japan, Ecuador. Indonesia against Kurokau. 2-1 victory for Indonesia. Senegal and Iran drew one all. United Arab Emirates nil. Venezuela four. Bayran nil. Panama two. Canada nil. Uruguay two. Darwin Nunes silencing a few morons with a lovely headed goal. Uh, Nicolas de la Cruz had put Uruguay one up. Nunes made it two on 33 minutes from a Luis Suarez cross. And that was all she wrote there. South Africa won Botswana nil. Libya won Tanzania. uh, Sorry, Libya two, Tanzania one. Qatar two, Chile two. Ivory Coast three, Guinea one. Egypt three, Liberia nil. Nicaragua nil, Ghana one. Saudi Arabia nil nil with the USA. Brazil five, Tunisia one. Richarlison, two from Rafinha, one from Neymar, Neymar, and one from Dos Santos with the goals for Brazil. Talby with a goal for Tunisia, which had drawn Tunisia back level at 1-1 before Brazil just trounced them. Algeria, two. Nigeria, Nigeria, one. Malta, two. Israel, one. 
Paraguay nil, Morocco nil. That was last night's results. Uh, there was also games the night before, but if you want to look them up, I will leave that to you. Uh, the Nations League then, that is the end of the group stages. And what we are left with is Group A, Croatia win the group and they qualify for the Nations League final stage. Denmark second, France third, very obviously very disappointing for France. Uh, Austria bottom, they will be relegated to League B. In A2, Spain top, they will go through to the final stage. Portugal second, Switzerland third, and Czech Republic relegated to League B. In A3, Italy top and through to the final stage. Hungary second. Germany third, England relegated. England relegated. Say those words. They're beautiful. England relegated. It's a joyous thing. Saw many people trying to defend Gareth Southgate. Weak arguments. Very, very weak arguments. Oh, but we did so well in the 2018 World Cup. Yeah, yeah, you beat Panama. Tunisia and Sweden. Well done. Well done. Not every manager could beat such mighty opposition. Uh, we'll ignore the fact that you drew at Colombia, snuck through in penalties, and then lost to the only good teams you played, Belgium twice and Croatia. We'll ignore that. Did do well at the Euros. To be fair, beat Croatia. It's a Croatia team past their best. Beat Germany. It's a German team that weren't great. You know, beat a couple of average teams and then lost a, a decent Italy. That Not a great Italian team by any stretch. Um, but, I mean, no wins in your Nations League campaign. Three draws, three defeats, four goals scored. Ten conceded. Ten Went 2-0 down to Germany, fought back, went ahead, 3-2 up, and then bottled it. And then bottled it and drew 3-0. Ollie Holt said it was a great send-off for the World Cup. <laughs> you can't make these things up. You really can't. Uh, but England relegated to League B. Uh, in A4, Netherlands through top of the group, looking dominant. They will head on to the Nations League final stage. Belgium second, Poland third, and the Welsh have been relegated. But we won't take too much joy out of that. Um, so it is the Netherlands, it is Italy, it is Spain, and it is Croatia through to the final stage of this, this season's Nations League. Uh, now, they won't take place. Those games won't take place. I believe until next summer, uh, June 14th to 18th in the Netherlands. There will be two semi-final games and then a final and a third and fourth place playoff. So four games to be played, uh, one on the 14th, one on the 15th, and then two on the 18th. So should be some fun next summer. Uh, in group, or in League B, I should say, Scotland promoted... Top of their group, Ukraine second, Republic of Ireland third, Armenia relegated to League C. 
So Scotland now, the only one of the home nations in League A of the Nations League. Uh, in Group B, Israel promoted, Iceland second, Albania third, Russia relegated, having been disqualified. Um, one of the most ironic things on YouTube, uh, on Wikipedia right now is to look at that Group B, see Israel top, Russia at the bottom, and see the note on the 2nd of May 2022, UEFA announced that Russia were suspended and automatically relegated due to their country's invasion of Ukraine. Shout out to people in Palestine. Uh, in Group B3, Bosnia and Herzegovina, top and promoted. Finland second, Montenegro third, and Romania, unlucky to be relegated to League C, having finished level in points at Montenegro, only one point behind Finland. But unfortunately, goal difference was their, was their kryptonite. Uh, in Group B4, Serbia promoted. Norway second, Slovenia third, and Sweden relegated to League C. In League C, C1, Turkey top, they're promoted, they'll be in League B next year. Luxembourg and the Faroe Islands second and third, Lithuania, they go into the relegation playoffs. In C2, Greece top, Kosovo, so they're promoted. Kosovo second, Northern Ireland third, and Cyprus go into the relegation playoffs. C3, it's Kazakhstan top, Azerbaijan second, Slovakia third. Slovakia are awful at this. They should be much better. Um, and Belarus into the relegation playoffs. So Kazakhstan promoted, Belarus relegated. Uh, and in Group C4, Georgia promoted, Bulgaria second, North Macedonia third and Gibraltar fourth. Uh, the demise of the Bulgarian national team has been tough to watch, uh, given they gave us so much fun in the 90s and 2000s. Um, so the relegation playoffs will see um, Gibraltar take on Cyprus and Lithuania take on Belarus. Two of them will be relegated. Those relegation playoffs are played over two legs uh, in March of next year. In League D... In D1, Latvia, top, they've been promoted. Moldova, second, unfortunate goal difference just went against them. Andorra, third, and Liechtenstein, bottom. And in D2, Estonia, top, they go up. Malta and San Marino filling out that group. So, as I said, two teams will come down. Two of Gibraltar, Cyprus, Lithuania, and Belarus will come down to replace Latvia and Estonia in the uh, the basement division of the Nations League. Uh, top scorers through the tournament uh, in Group D. Gutkovizk, I don't know, some some fella from Latvia got five goals. Credit to him, five goals is a, is a decent return in six international games. Uh, Kvica, top scorer in Group C, along with Vedat Mariki of um, Kosovo, who's a talented player. He was at Lazio for a while. Uh, those two are the top scorers with five from Group C. In Group B, Erling Haaland and Alexander Mitrovic joined top scorers, both with six goals. 
Um, shout out to Benjamin Sesco. If anyone hasn't seen that goal yet, please, please, please go and find Benjamin Sesco's goal from the other night because it is absolutely outrageous. Outrageous. You'll it won't be hard to find. Just Benjamin Sesco versus Sweden. Ball played from the right to the left side of the penalty area. It's a narrow angle. He's being fairly well marked. He takes it first time on the volley and just places it in the back of the net. I've seen a lot of people compare it to that legendary Marco van Basten goal um, at Euro 88. And obviously that's one of the great goals that anyone has ever seen, the goal against the Soviet Union in the final. But Van Basten's, first of all, it was right-footed. Secondly, Van Basten's angle was much narrower. What this one reminded me of was a Davor Sucre goal versus Sevilla for, um, I want to say it was versus Sevilla for Real Madrid. He played for Sevilla. He went to Real. I want to say this was the goal. This goal was against Sevilla. I think it was against Sevilla. You'll find it. If you look at a video of Davos Sucre's best goals uh, for Real Madrid or his goals for Real Madrid, it's definitely going to be in there. I'm almost certain it was against Sevilla. Ball played right to left. First time on the volley into the top corner. That's what it reminded me of. Sensational goal. And Sesco looks a real player. Still only 19. Now, his goal record in the Austrian League isn't fantastic yet. Like, it's not Haaland level. But a lot of his all-round play is really, really strong. And you can see why a lot of top clubs are tracking him. Um, and he's the type that can play by himself or in a two. He's played primarily in a two for Salzburg. So he's just one to keep an eye on. Uh, right. What we're going to do now, we're going to take a quick run around the other European leagues. Because tomorrow's questions day, Friday, we'll be doing Premier League preview with Guy. We'll be previewing and predicting all the games incorrectly. And uh, so today I thought we'd just have a look around the other league, see what what the standings are and where each team or what each team has to look forward to this weekend. So let's start with La Liga. Uh, Real Madrid are top on 18 points, six wins from six. Barcelona second, 16 points, one draw, five wins. They've won five in a row. They're in really good form. They've only conceded one goal this season, Barcelona. They're in really good form. Uh, Real Betis are third on 15 points. Five wins, one defeat. They've won back-to-back games. And Athletic Club, the Bilbao, have four wins, one draw, and one defeat for 13 points. They are in fourth place. Other teams of note, Villarreal are sixth on 11 points. 
Atletico Madrid are seventh on ten points. Real Sociedad are eighth, also on ten points. Valencia ninth on nine points, and you've got to go all the way down to fifteenth to find Sevilla on five points. Just the one win so far, but they did take four points from the last two games. So perhaps things starting to turn around. Uh, via the lid, Cadiz and Elche bringing up the rear in La Liga. This weekend, you get Athletic Club against Almeria on Friday night. On Saturday, it's Cadiz versus Villarreal, Hetafe versus Valladolid, Sevilla versus Atletico Madrid in what's probably the marquee game from La Liga this weekend. Even though neither team have had good starts, they're still two top clubs, two top teams, two very good managers. Well, one great manager, one very good manager. Uh, Mallorca against Barcelona. That that wraps up Saturday. Then on Sunday, it's Espanyol Valencia, Celta Vigo versus Real Betis, Girona versus Real Sociedad, Real Madrid against this season's surprise package Osasuna, who currently sit fifth in the league on 12 points, breaking up the, the big club dominance at the top. And then on Monday night, it's Rayo Vallecano, Vallecano versus Elche in a, it's probably too early to call it a relegation six-pointer. But Elche definitely need to win that game. They definitely need to win that game. If they don't, Valladolid will be six points clear of them. Now, it would mean if Almeria or Espanyol also pick up points, they could be staring at quite a gap towards safety already in this season. Uh, in Italy, Napoli top, 17 points from seven games, five wins, two draws. Atalanta second, also 17 points, also five wins, two draws. Udinese, surprise package so far this season. They are third on 16 points, five wins, a draw, a defeat. They've looked really good as well. They wallop Roma. Um, Lazio in fourth. On 14 points from seven games. Milan, fifth, 14 points. Roma, sixth, 13 points. Inter, seventh, 12 points. Hello, Juventus at eighth, 10 points. They just just don't look like they know how to play football anymore. If anyone has seen Juventus this season, it is an atrocity what we're watching. Uh, Torino, ninth, and Fiorentina, 10th. The bottom three, Sampdoria. It is tough to see a great club like that struggling the way they are. Uh, Cremonese in 19th and Monza in 18th. But it is tight. It is tight. There's not a whole lot separating the league. Um, A couple of wins here and there. We'll see a lot of change. But thus far, Napoli have been the best team that I've seen. Um, though Atalanta, unusually for them, the best defensive record this season, only three goals conceded so far. Uh, this weekend, we have some pretty good games, it must be said. Um, Saturday, you get Napoli versus Torino. Inter versus Roma should be a good good game. There's been a lot of players that have played for both clubs, and obviously Mourinho has managed both clubs. Empoli versus Milan. Lazio, oh that, those are the only Saturday games. The rest are Sunday and one on Monday. 
On Sunday, Lazio versus Spezia. Sassuolo versus Salernitana. Lecce versus Cremonese. Sampdoria versus Monza. Relegation six-pointer. Atalanta versus Fiorentina should be a really fun game. Juve versus Bologna. And Verona versus Udinese. That is, that's an interesting one. That is fourth from the bottom versus third from the top. Uh, Udinese will want to win that game to carry on their great form. But Verona need to start picking up some points themselves. So, um, should be good. Should be a good weekend in Serie A. In the French League, we have PSG top 22 points, eight, eight games played, seven wins, one draw. Marseille keeping pace, only two points behind on 20. They've won six and drawn two. Laurent won six, drawn one, lost one. They've got 19 points. Uh, Lens, 18 points, five wins, three draws. Still unbeaten. Fairly impressive. Monaco are fifth. Lyon are sixth. Lille are seventh. Rennes are eighth. I think Nantes are probably the most disappointing team so far. They're down in 15th on seven points. Though Nice, given the budget behind them, being in 13th on eight points, are also very disappointing. Uh, Ajeco, Brest and Strasbourg bringing up the bottom of the division. Strasbourg would want to get their act together. They're too good to be down there. Now, they're not a great team by any stretch, but they should be in mid-table. Uh, this weekend, Friday night, Angers versus Marseille. Saturday, Strasbourg versus Rennes. That should be a fun game. PSG-Nice is the other game on Saturday. Then Sunday is a heavy game, a heavy load. Seven games on Sunday. Laurent versus Lille should be a really good game. Toulouse versus Montpellier, Auxerre versus Brest, Troyes versus Reims, Ajeco versus Clermont Foot, Monaco versus Nantes, and then the game of the weekend, Lens versus Lyon, the French game of the weekend. Uh, that is the evening kickoff on Sunday, a 7.45 kickoff. I would suggest that is one worth watching. Uh, on to the Bundesliga, which is... Just wonderful at the moment. Absolutely wonderful. Top of the league, Union Berlin. 17 points from seven games. The only unbeaten team in Germany after seven games. Two points clear of Dortmund in second on 15. Five wins, two defeats. Dortmund are struggling to score goals. They've only scored nine so far. Compared to 19 for Bayern... 14 for Eintracht, 13 for Werder Bremen, 15 for Union Berlin. Freiburg in third, always great to see them doing well, really well-run club, really good manager. Uh, 14 points, four wins, two draws, one defeat. Hoffenheim in fourth, four wins, one draw, two defeats, 13 points, not bad. Bayern Munich sitting fifth is wonderful. They're un sorry, they haven't won in their last four league games. Three straight draws, then a defeat last weekend. They started out like they were going to just run through the league again, but they've they've hit a big wobble, and it will be interesting to see how they cre correct that. The lack of Lewandowski really hurting them. The lack of a proven centre point number nine really hurting them. Uh, Munchen Gladbach in sixth, Eintracht Frankfurt in seventh. 
My Werder Bremen in 10th. Leipzig in 12th. They had an awful start. Sacked the manager. Brought in Marco Rose. But remains to be seen if things will turn round. Uh, Hertha Berlin 13th. Schalke 14th. Leverkusen 15th. That's really disappointing. But five points from the last four games is an improvement. Uh, Stuttgart 16th. Wolfsburg, they'll be desperately disappointed to be 17th. And Bochum are bottom uh, and really don't look like a very good team. This weekend, Friday night, I think this might be maybe the best game or the most interesting game happening anywhere. Bayern versus Leverkusen. Leverkusen have a really disappointing start. So have Bayern by their standards. Leverkusen are really fun and there's there's so much potential in that team. So I'm looking forward to that game. Freiburg versus Mainz on Saturday. Also Saturday you get Cologne versus Dortmund, You get which should be a good one. Wolfsburg versus uh, Stuttgart is a bottom-of-the-table clash. Eintracht Frankfurt versus Union Berlin should be really good. Leipzig versus Bochum. That's a game Leipzig absolutely have to win. Werder Bremen versus Borussia Mönchengladbach. It's a good historical game. Should be decent. Uh, then Sunday, Hertha Berlin versus Hoffenheim. And Schalke versus Augsburg. On then to Portugal. Benfica top. Seven wins from seven. Unbelievable start of the season. 21 points the maximum, obviously. Braga doing really well in second. Six wins, one draw. Really impressive. 19 points. Porto third on 16 points. Five wins, a draw, and a defeat. Uh, Porto Menens in fourth. Boa Vista in fifth. Really good to see them having a good start to the season. Obviously, if we look at Portuguese football over the last 40 years, there's been two teams that have dominated, Benfica and Porto. Sporting every so often pop up and grab a league title here and there. The only other team that's done that is Boa Vista, who I think it was 2000, 2001 won the league title. Uh, they are a big club, probably probably historically the fourth biggest club in Portugal after Benfica, Porto and Sporting. I would say they're probably a little bit bigger than Boa Vista. I'm oh, sorry, than, than Braga. I could be wrong about that. Maybe people would disagree with that. I would say that Boa Vista are probably historically a bigger club than Braga. Um, they're the second club in Porto. They've got a really nice stadium, but most of the teams in, in Portugal have really nice stadiums, it must be said. Um, I would say historically probably the fourth biggest club in Portugal, just ahead of Braga. Again, if I'm wrong, make sure you correct me on that one. Um, Sporting are having a disappointing season thus far. They are in eighth. Three wins, one draw, three defeats. Uh, Maritimo, Pacas Ferreira and Familiao, the bottom three. Familiao have done really well with recruitment in recent years, but maybe it's just letting them down a little bit this season. At the weekend, Sporting versus Gil, Gil Vicente on Friday. Also, Porto versus Braga. That's the big game from Portugal this weekend. Make sure you give that one a watch if you can. 
Uh, Vesela versus Portmanens, Chavez versus Estel, Estorel Perea, Vitoria versus Benfica, Rio Ave. Oh, that they're, they're the Saturday game. Sorry, those three. Sunday, Rio Ave versus Santa Clara, Pacas Ferreira versus Araujo, Camilla versus Boa Vista, and Maritimo versus Casapia uh, is the Monday game. So, some decent action in all of those leagues. Also, I think obviously worth having a little look at the Eredivisie, PSV top, 18 points, Ajax second, 18 points, only one goal separating them, both have six wins and a defeat, PSV scoring for fun, Ajax have been really good defensively, Alkmaar third, Feyenoord fourth, 25th, no real surprises at the top of the Eredivisie, Emin, Cambor and Fortuna Stittard, the bottom Three, uh, Camber versus PSV, Groningen versus AZ Alkmaar, Ajax versus Go Ahead Eagles, Twente versus Vietas Arnhem, Fortuna Stittard versus Volendem. Uh, that's a Sunday game. The first four were Saturday. This is Sunday. Uh, Excelsior versus Utrecht Sunday, NEC versus Feyenoord on Sunday, Wolwick versus or Volwick, Volwick. I, I don't know the pronunciation of it. Uh, Sparta Rotterdam, that's a Sunday game. And then Emmon versus Heronveen is the last game of the weekend. So that's pretty good. And the last one we'll have a little look at is our friends in the north, the Scottish Premiership, where Celtic sit, sit beautifully on top. Now, they did lose their unbeaten start uh, last weekend, which was really disappointing to lose to St. Mirren. But look, it is what it is. Uh, they're top, two points clear of Rangers. Hearts are third, St. Mirren fourth, Livingston fifth, Hibernian sixth, Aberdeen seventh, Motherwell eighth, St. Johnston ninth, Ross County tenth, Kilmarnock eleventh, and Dundee United in twelfth, bottom of the league, conceded 20 goals already, nine of them to Celtic. Uh, I'll just say it could be worse. At least you're not Dundee playing in the lower leagues. Uh, this weekend, we get Hearts versus Rangers. Should be a good game. Celtic Motherwell, St. Mirren Livingston, Ross County Hibernian, Aberdeen Kilmarnock and Dundee against St. Johnston. Uh, Dundee desperately need a win. It desperately need a win in that one. Um, but yeah, Scottish League is always fun. Always fun. Um, where else? Let's have a look. We might as well keep going. Let's have a look at the Turkish Super League. Because why not? Um, Adana are top. Galatasaray second. They're level on points, 16 points each. Istanbul, Besiktas in third. Besiktas fourth. Fenerbahce in sixth. Trabzonspor seventh. Uh, Konyaspor are, are fifth, but... Not a team as well known. Um, Sivaspor, Umrani, and Hathiaspor are the bottom three this weekend. Anything good? Kaiserspor versus Trabzonspor. Adana versus Galatasaray. The top two facing off on Saturday at 6pm. Uh, and Besiktas versus Fenerbahce is the biggest game. That's two of the big three in Turkey playing Sunday at 6pm. 
I would imagine that will be worth a watch because I reckon the atmosphere alone will be insane. So, yeah, Adana Demospor versus Galatasaray on Saturday at 6 p.m. Besiktas Fenerbahce on sun uh, is Sunday at 6 p.m. So if you're if you're looking for something to watch, you'll find streams of them very easily. Uh, what about the Greek Super League? How's that shaping up? Panikonaitis top. Always had a soft spot for them with their Shamrock. PAOK, PAOK are third. Aris are fourth. AEK Athens fifth. And Olympiakos surprisingly. Sorry, AEK Athens are fourth. Olympiakos surprisingly in fifth. Really disappointing start for them. Uh, considering their dominance of the league over the past 25 years. Uh, maybe more. Um, they've won the last three. Yeah, they've won the last three. PAOK took it from them in 1819. AK had won it in 1718 and 1617. Hmm. Anyway. Um... No, Olympiacs won it in 1617. Yeah, yeah, Olympiacs won it in 1617. Um, anyway, point was surprisingly poor start for Olympiacos. But Panikonaitis made a great start. Five wins from five. And uh, more power to them. This weekend, PAOK versus Panikonaitis. Sunday at 7.30. That is the marquee game from the Greek League this weekend. That's probably the biggest leagues covered, isn't it? I can't think of anything could look at Switzerland, you could look at Austria, but does anyone really want to know? Does anyone really want to know what the Swiss League looks like? Swiss Super League? Who have we got? Young Boys top. Servette second. St. Gallen third. Sion fourth. Grasshoppers fifth. Luzerne sixth. Basel seventh. Lugano eighth. FC Zurich in ninth. And Winterthur? In uh in tenth, and you've got Grasshoppers versus FC Zurich. That's that's a big derby game. Saturday at seven thirty, big derby game. So if you want to give that one a watch, Luzerne against Young Boys is probably the pick of the bunch uh, from this weekend. That's a Sunday game at three thirty. Uh, Austrian Bundesliga. What have we got? We have uh, Red Bull Salzburg, as always, top, last, second, Sturmgratz, third, Austria, Vienna, fourth. Uh, this weekend, Red Bull versus Lask. So the top two meet on Saturday at 4pm. So if you're looking for something to watch and you don't want to watch a Premier League game, there you go. Um, and I don't think you're going to want to know, but you know what? We'll look at the Danish Superliga because I will not disrespect our comrades in the north. Uh, Randers top, Nordelsjan second, Viborg third, Silkborg fourth, AGF fifth, Horsens sixth, Mittelian seventh, Obio Dense eighth, Copenhagen ninth. That's really surprising considering how much money they have behind them. Bronby in tenth. Disappointing. I always do 
root for them. Um, I don't know how to say. Is it AAB? Is it AB? They're in eleventh, uh, and Lingby are twelfth. And this weekend, you get AB versus OB. You get Silkberg versus Horsens, Mitilian versus Viberg, Bronby versus Lingby, Copenhagen AGF, Nordelsjand versus Randers. Uh, Nordelsjand versus Randers is a, is a Monday game. AAB versus OB is a Friday, and the rest are on Sunday. Randers Nordles end is the top two, so that that on Monday night or Monday at six pm. If you're looking for something to watch on Monday, the top two in Denmark are going head to head. So you know, there's there's always good football on if you choose to look for it. There just is. There is always good football on. If you choose to go and search it out. Um, so we might as well just keep popping around other leagues. Uh, Brazilian Syria. Palmeiras are top. Eight points clear of International. International. Flamenzi are third. Flamengo are fourth. Corinthians are fifth. Atletico Pyrenees are sixth. Atletico Mineiro are seventh. America are eighth. Santos, ninth, Goas, 10th, Sao Paulo, 11th, Botafogo are 12th, Bragantino, Red Bull Bragantino are 13th, um, Fortaleza are 14th, Cara, 15th, Coritiba, 16th, Ave, 17th, Cueva, 18th, uh, Atletico, 19th, and Juventude, 20th. And in this round of matches, which there's games tonight, there's good games tonight if you want to watch some football tonight. You get uh, Coritiba versus Kira, or Kira, Sierra. Um, Corinthians versus Atletico. That's the Atletico who are down the bottom. Uh, Fluminense versus Juventud. Fortaleza versus Flamengo. Coaba versus. America MG, International versus Braga, uh, Bragantino, Atletico Monero versus Palmieri's. That's the game of the weekend, I would say. And Goas versus Botafogo. I will probably stay up and watch that Palmieri's game because I, I do like to watch Palmieri's. I think they're, I think they're an interesting team. I like what Abel Ferreira has done there. Um, so if I can, if I can stay awake, I will, I will watch some of that. Uh, they also have a full round of games. On the weekend, starting Saturday through through to Monday, so you get um, Atletico Mineiro versus Fluminense, Internacional versus Santos. They're decent games. Flamengo versus Bragantino, Bragantino, and Botafogo versus Palmeiras. So that's Monday night. I think midnight Monday night our time. So I'll definitely watch that one. So yeah. Um what else? Well, if we've done if we've done Brazil, we have to do Argentina. That's kind of the rule. So um Atletico are top. Atletico to uh Tucumán, they're top. After 21 games, hell of an achievement. Boca Juniors are second, Racing Club are third, Hurricane are fourth. Gymnasia are fifth. 
Argentinos Juniors are sixth. River Plate are seventh. Very disappointing. Uh, Newell's Old Boys are eleventh. Uh, Defensa are fourteenth. Independiente are seventeenth. Estudiantes are eighteenth. Banfield are twenty second. Rosario Central are twenty third. Lanos are twenty sixth. Vela Sarsfield are twenty seventh. That's a disaster. Uh, Alda Civi are twenty eight. Twenty eight teams is too many. It's too many. And at some point, we need to have words with the Argentinians about, you know, divisions and stuff. Um, and the good this weekend, Racing Club Rosario Central. Argentinos Juniors versus River Plate. a decent, you know, historical game. Boca Juniors, Velasarsfield. Uh, is a big game, but it should be fairly straightforward for Boca this weekend. Um, what are they? Two points behind? You've probably made Boca favourites at this point. All things considered, you'd probably make them favourites at this point. 27 games to be played, uh, which means there are six games left. Now, it would be an incredible achievement if uh, Tucumán, Club Atlético Tucumán, can pull out the league title. I would wonder when the last time they won the league title was. Uh, Guy is reminding me that I should do the championship, and I will do that on the other leagues now in a second. Uh, they've never won the Argentine top flight. They've won the second division twice. They've never won the Argentine top flight. So this would be historic if they could pull this off. Ricardo Zielinski is the manager, or he was the manager. No, he's not the manager anymore. Uh, I don't know who the manager is. I'm trying to see if there's any players here that look. Let's see. Um... No. No. This is a squad that I genuinely don't think I could pick anybody out of. Um, Christian Menendez, he's been knocking around for a while. No, I, I think that is uh, a squad of, of uh, unknowns to me. Oh, Francisco DeFranco, I do know, because he's he, he's been in Europe for a while. He's um He's a decent player. He hasn't really had much luck in Europe, but uh, he's a decent player. He's about the only one that I, I probably know much about. Anyway, uh, let's do the championship then. The EFL championship. Currently, Sheffield United are top. Norwich are second. Reading third. Burnley fourth. So... 23 points for Sheffield United, 20 for Norwich, 18 for Reading. I'm stunned how well Reading are doing this season, I should point out. Uh, Burnley, 17. Sunderland, who lost their manager, they're in in fifth on 15. QPR, sixth on 15. Blackburn, seventh on 15. Then Rotherham, Bristol City, Watford, Luton Town, Wigan Athletic, Millwall, Stoke City, 
uh, Preston, Swansea, Birmingham, Cardiff City, Blackpool, Hull City, West Bromwich Albion. I'm not sure what more they need to see. It's time for change. Uh, Middlesbrough, really surprised how bad they've been. And it looks like Chris Wilder is trying to get the Bournemouth job. I'm not sure Burr would be all that sad to see him go. Hasn't gone very well. Uh, Huddersfield, disastrous start. Obviously sacked the manager. They've appointed a new manager, though. They have appointed uh, Wes, oh, sorry, Mark Fotheringham. Yeah, Mark Fotheringham. Um, who most recently was Felix Magat's number two at um, at Hertha Berlin. So if he follows in Felix Magat's point of, of, of playing, this will be horrendously dull football. Um, Coventry bottom, I'm stunned how bad they've been. I really thought Coventry were going to do well this season and potentially get into the playoffs. Now, it is still very early, and they've only... Coventry have only played seven games, whereas most of the league have played ten. So they've got three games in hand to get themselves out of the mess that they're in at the minute. Um, Huddersfield, Wigan, Rotherham, they've all played... Nine. So they're the three teams that Coventry have to play. And Huddersfield aren't great. Wigan are mid-table. Rotherham have had a good start to the season. But they're the three teams that Coventry have to play uh, to get back to a full complement. So not, not a disaster so far. Uh, this weekend, Hull City versus Luton on Friday night should be decent. Um, Saturday then, Blackburn versus Millwall. Blackpool versus Norwich, Rotherham versus Wigan, Cardiff versus Burnley, Sunderland versus Preston, Coventry versus Middlesbrough. It's like a classic mid-90s Premier League game. Um, Reading versus Huddersfield, West Brom versus Swansea, Sheffield United versus Birmingham. That's a big game. Um, And Bristol versus QPR. Then Sunday, it is Stoke versus Watford. So that's what we have from the championship. Uh, we will have a look at League One and League Two as well, because literally, uh, why not? You know, why not? In League One, Plymouth top. Great start this season so far. Ipswich second. Portsmouth third. Sheffield Wednesday fourth. Barnsley fifth. Then it's Bolton. Cambridge United, Peterborough, Shrewsbury, Exeter City, Derby County, Lincoln City, Accrington Stanley, Fleetwood Town, Port Vale, Charlton, disappointing in 16, Wickham, MK Dons, Oxford United, Cheltenham, Bristol Rovers. Is Joey Barton still the Bristol Rovers manager? Yes, he is. He is currently the Bristol Rovers manager. And they are 21st in League One. Uh, Forest Green, Morecambe and Burton. This weekend, <clears throat> all games Saturday 3pm kickoffs. Accrington Stanley at home to Morecambe. Fleetwood Town at home to Barnsley. 
Charlton Athletic at home to Oxford. Let's see if they can get as big as, as, big a crowd in their own stadium as the Sidemen FC team did. Uh, Port Vale at home to Sheffield Wednesday. Wickham at home to Plymouth. Ipswich Town at home to Portsmouth. That's a big game. Second versus third. That's the big one for the weekend. Cambridge versus Derby. MK Dons versus Peterborough. Burton versus Forest Green. Bolton versus Lincoln City. Exeter versus Bristol Rovers. Cheltenham versus Shrewsbury. And that is it. And then we might as well just quickly do League Two. Uh, what have we got? Leighton Orient are top, Northampton second, Stevenage third, Barrow fourth, Gary Neville's financially doped Salford City fifth, Mansfield Town in sixth, Bradford City. It's it's tough to see them just struggling. But they're seventh, Carlisle eighth, Swindon Town, shout out to Paul Sterrett in ninth, Doncaster in tenth, Who Alexander in eleventh, Grimsby 12th, Sutton United, Tranmere, Walsall, AFC Wimbledon, Stockport, Newport County, Harrogate Town, Gillingham, Colchester, Crawley Town, Rochdale and Hartlepool. This weekend, we get Mansfield versus Hartlepool on on, on Friday night, uh, quarter to eight kickoff. Harrogate Town versus Bradford is a 1pm kickoff Saturday. The rest are all 3pm kickoffs. Leighton Orient versus Newport County. Swindon versus Northampton. Wimbledon versus Colchester. Stockport versus Walsall. Tranmere versus Barrow. Crawley versus Stevenage. Gillingham versus Sutton United. Rochdale versus Doncaster. Carlisle versus Crew Alexander. And last but not least... Salford versus Grimsby. That is League Two. And look, while we're going, we might as well have a look at the National League where Chesterfield are top. One point clear of Ryan Reynolds, Wrexham. Notts County, third. Boreham Wood, fourth. Bromley, fifth. Solihull Moors, which I always think sounds like the scene of some sort of mass murder, in sixth. Woking, seventh. Wheelstone, isn't that where the Wheelstone, wasn't that where that guy was from? That little man? Is that where he was from? I think that's where he was from. Yeah, the Wheelstone Raider, that's him. <laughs> what a historic man. Uh, they're 8th anyway. York City 9th, Barnet 10th, Eastleigh 11th, Dagenham and Redbridge, or as they used to be called in the early rounds of the FA Cup, the mighty Dagenham and Redbridge, uh, Dorking 13th, Southend 14th, Oldham 15th. Again, sad to see. That's a football league club. Uh, Maidstone, Gateshead, Maidenhead, Yeovil, Aldershot, Scunthorpe, Halifax Town, Altrincham, and Torquay United. And the only reason I ever remember Torquay United is that woman of Soccer AM, Helen Chamberlain. She was a Torquay fan, wasn't she? Um, there, that's the uh, National League. And if you want to know the games the weekend, they are all 3 p.m. kickoffs on Saturday, bar the last one. Chesterfield United, sorry, Chesterfield versus Maidenhead, Dorking versus Dagenham and Redbridge, 
Barnet versus York, Aldershot, Wheelstone, Torquay, Scunthorpe, Solihull versus Bromley, Gateshead, Eastley, Halifax, Woking, Oldham, Wrexham. That's one to just keep an eye on the result. Uh, Southend, Yeovil, Notts County, Altrincham, and then the last game is Boreham Wood versus Maidstone. That is a 5.20 kickoff. I don't know why it's 5.20, but it is. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's just the gossip, and there is two little bits of news to update you on, and that's it. See you in a sec. Right, welcome back. So, uh, bad news for Everton. Nathan Patterson will be unavailable for up to five weeks after suffering an ankle injury on international duty with Scotland. Uh, he was forced off in their 3-0 win over Ukraine at Hamden Park on the 21st of September. And he will undergo treatment on the injury. He has been really, really good Really, really good for um for Everton this season. That's a disappointment. So he's likely to miss five, six games. We might not see him again until after the World Cup. Up to five weeks, it could you never know. It could be a little bit longer. Um, that's a disappointment for Everton, a big blow for Everton. I know they have Seamus Coleman uh to come in, but I mean Seamus Coleman at this point in his career. Do you really want to be playing him week after week after week? I'm not sure that you do. Um, he is the club captain. He will do a job and he'll give his all, but <clears throat> there's no question that Patterson had had taken that role and was making it his own. Uh, John Obi McKell has announced his retirement. I genuinely, not to disrespect, I thought he was already retired. Because he hasn't played in the better part of a year since he was at, uh, he went to Q8. I don't think he played there at all, did he? He went to Q8 in July, terminated his contract in November. So he hasn't kicked the ball since leaving Stoke. And he left Stoke in May of 2021. So it's nearly 18 months. I thought he was already retired, to be honest. But what I will say is, he never quite lived up to the hype, but he had a very, very solid career. So he burst onto the scene with Lynn in Norway, and all of a sudden there were top clubs galore looking to sign him. United and Chelsea both wanted him. He decided to sign for both of them. United paid Lynn $4 million for his signature. And then Chelsea paid Manchester United twelve million to buy him out of his United contract. Bizarre, absolutely bizarre. But anyway, he joined Chelsea, and to his credit, he played three hundred and seventy-two games between oh six and twenty seventeen. Didn't kick a ball, I don't think, in the 2017 season. But in 10, was it 11 years? 10 years? 10 years, 372 games. Not bad. 42, 39, 49, 35, 37, 37, 38, 36, 26, 33. Like, 
he's averaging 37 games a season and it's only really one season where he drops below 30. Uh, not obviously all starts or anything like that, but still a very important part of Chelsea's squad. While there, he won two league titles, one in 2010 under Carlo, one in 2015 under Mourinho. He won three FA Cups. He won a League Cup. He won a Champions League. And he won a Europa League. He left Chelsea. He went to Tianjin in China. He played there for two years. He moved to Middlesbrough. He played there for a season. He played 19, 20 games. Um, didn't go great. I think it's fair to say didn't go great. Went to Trabzonspor in the Turkish Super League. Uh, won the Turkish Cup with them. Came back to England, played a full season with Stoke and was was okay, was decent. Uh, went to Q8, uh, ostensibly for the money. Uh, sorry, he did play two games there. It looks like they were continental games, so Asian Champions League maybe. Um, and then his contract was terminated and that was it. Uh, he finished... Oh, sorry, he won the African Cup of Nations with Nigeria in 2013, finished third three different three different times, also finished third in the Olympics and won a bronze medal. Uh, 91 caps for Nigeria and six for the Olympic team. So falls just three shy of 100 appearances for, you know, a major international team. That's a fair, a fair record. 495 games in his club career. So you're looking at a fella who's played just shy of 600 games at the highest level, club and country. Now, maybe not the highest level in terms of the six games in the um, in the Norwegian league that he played. But, you know, all things considered, to play six, near 600 games, 592 games in your career is a, is a fair achievement. Um, six goals for for uh, Nigeria two at the AFCON one in AFCON qualification one in the Confederations Cup and two in World Cup qualifying not a man to score in friendlies uh, 11 goals in his club career one for Lynn, six for Chelsea three for Tianjin, one for Middlesbrough if you saw him score a goal live it's a bit of a collector's item um all in all, I think a really good career. Didn't live up to the hype, but he was always hyped to be something he wasn't. He was a good, solid midfield player who I think probably overachieved, all things considered. I think he overachieved, all things considered. Like, I think John Obi Mikel should have been the starting central midfielder for, like, Everton or West Ham or Villa, you know, a solid mid-table pushing towards the UEFA Cup, Europa League positions, safe from relegation, those type of teams. Not as a... I, I always thought that it was a step above for him having to play for a Chelsea. Um but look, he, he never let them down. He always turned in solid performances. And he has he has a, a nice haul of medals uh, that I'm sure he's very, very happy with. Who wouldn't be happy with two league titles, three FA Cups, 
a League Cup, a Champions League, a Europa League, a Turkish Cup, and an Afcon winner's medal. Who wouldn't be happy with that? And, a, and an Olympic bronze medal. That's a you know that in itself is a rarity. So congrats to him on the career. Uh, enjoy retirement. I I reckon he'll be a coach. I think he'll become a coach. I think he's got the right mindset. And as a player, he struck me as someone who could be a coach. He always struck me as an intelligent player. Um, didn't have the, the physical. You know, he was big and strong, but he wasn't quick or anything. But his brain was fairly quick. Uh, let's do the gossip and we'll be done for today. <clears throat> Newcastle are considering making a £50 million bid for Michalo Mudrick. Uh, 50 million for a player rated at 40 million would be a little bit odd, but you know, you do you. England and Borussia Dortmund midfielder Jude Bellingham is Real Madrid's top target for the next summer's transfer window. Liverpool could move for a swap deal involving Bellingham in January as Dortmund want Naby Keita. The issue here is that Dortmund could just sign Naby Keita to a, pre- a pre-contract on January 1st. Because they had a contract next summer. Uh, AC Milan technical director Paolo Maldini says Raphael Leao, who has been linked with the move to Chelsea, knows his future is with the Serie A club. Despite complications from a previous transfer affecting negotiations, it's something to do with representation or something, isn't it? It's all a bit messy. It, it's all it could be it could be sell-on clause, it could be anything. I think it's representation though. Uh, Chelsea are planning to increase their summer offer for Denzel Dumfries to 44.5 million. That would be absolutely ridiculous to pay 45 million for a backup right back. That would be ludicrous carry on. I can only I, I can only imagine it's nonsense. Let's move on. Uh former PSV Eindhoven right back Dumfries says the reported interest from Manchester United and Chelsea flatters him, but he is focused on winning the title back with Inter Milan. Um, Manchester United are keeping tabs on Emiliano Martinez of Aston Villa. Makes sense. He's a good goalkeeper. Don't think you want to sign a 30-year-old, though. You probably want to start looking for a younger goalkeeper. Uh, Chelsea, Arsenal and Tottenham are looking into signing Pau Torres. Um, Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's a, good, he's a good defender. Inter Milan have not made any progress in contract talks with Milan Skriniar, whose contract expires next summer. I would imagine they're going to get a bunch of offers in January that will be well below his value. And if they say no, someone will sign him on a pre-contract. Real Madrid plan to bring Brahim Diaz back to replace Marco Asensio. Why? He's not very good. Now, he is young and maybe he develops into something. He's not very good now. Um. Asensio has already signed a preliminary contract with Barcelona. No, he hasn't. Garbage. Barcelona and Liverpool are interested in swapping forwards with Memphis Depay heading to Anfield and Roberto Firmino going to Newcamp. Nonsense. Liverpool have not ruled out a move for Enzo Fernandez. I would happily take him. Absolutely. I would be thrilled to take him. Um, Belgium defender Jason Denier, who was linked with Wolves, has joined UAE side Shabab Ali on a one-year deal. That's really disappointing to see. He's just taken the money there. That's really poor. Really poor. He had offers to play in top five leagues, and he's chosen the money. Really disappointing there. Um, 
I already mentioned Mark Fotheringham. Uh, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough's English, sorry, Middlesbrough's English manager, Chris Wilder, is the leading candidate for the vacant job at Bournemouth. I don't think Burr would be sad to see him go. I really don't. But this is one of the issues in, in English football. You can fail in a job and then get a better job. Now, Burr is a bigger club than, than Bournemouth, but Burr are a championship team. Bournemouth are in the Premier League. And he failed at Borough, and he's going to get the could potentially get the Borman job. That's baffling. Uh, Lionel Messi is set to leave P uh, Paris Saint Germain in the summer, as he will refuse any offer of a new contract. England striker Harry Kane remains Bayern Munich's number one transfer target, with the German giants once again set to test Tottenham's resolve. I don't think they've ever tested Tottenham's resolve. I don't think they could afford to buy him. To be completely honest. Newcastle are ready to make a third bid for James Madison. Not really sure Madison is what Newcastle need. I think Madison's excellent. Now, if you're going to play a 4-2-3-1, I could see it. You still need to get a defensive midfielder in there somewhere and free Gamerish to be a bit more attack-minded. Um, ben Foster says Jude Pellingham should join Manchester. Ben Foster, God bless him. The fella hasn't got two brain cells to talk to each other. Uh, Liverpool, who have also been linked with Bellingham, have begun to target alternatives and are looking at Enzo Fernandez. I would prefer Enzo. I've said that all along. I would prefer Enzo. Uh, Chelsea will not lower their asking price of £31 million for Christian Pulisic as Juventus show interest. I, £31 million is is fairly low, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Borussia Dortmund are monitoring Naby Keita, yada yada. Uh, Chelsea are looking to hold further talks with Bayer Leverkusen's Stim Tim Steepten over the sporting director role. I mean, poor fella has to know he's about fifth choice. That's got to be disappointing. They've just they've just done this really badly. AC Milan are interested in Armando Brogia. He'd be a really nice fit with the Ketelier behind him, layout from one side. Sort that right wing out. That could be a really fun young front four. Uh, Al Halil, Al Halal, sorry, Al Halal of Saudi Arabia have has claimed Cristiano Ronaldo was interested in joining in the summer. Well, the rumor was they were offering him like a hundred million to go and play for a year. How true that was, I don't know. Eintracht Frankfurt's Danish playmaker Jes uh, Jesper Lindstrom has reacted to reports linking him with a move to Arsenal by saying, it's great that clubs like them are watching me. So he didn't really say anything. Leeds are due to open contract talks with Jack Harrison, who was subject of a £20 million bid for Newcastle in the summer. The Yorkshire club are anxious to keep him. Uh, former Tottenham and Paris Saint-Germain manager, Maurizio Pochettino, who has been linked with the England manager's job, was at Wembley. I mean, that's irrelevant. He lives in London. What else is he going to be at? Um, Chelsea will have Chelsea have sacked head physio Thierry Laurent, the fourth member of the backroom team, to leave Stamford Bridge this week. I assume Potter is looking to bring new people in. Uh, Newcastle are monitoring, monitoring. Eighteen-year-old Brazilian midfielder Andre Santos, who plays for Vasco da Gama. He's quite highly rated. Uh, six goals in 30 appearances for Vasco already at 18. Not bad. Um, it is from the spoofer, though, so it could just be garbage. 
Egyptian-born Karan Cole is set to arrive in England to sign for Newcastle from Central Coast Mariners. Uh, this kid is meant to be very talented, but I have no idea. Um, this does seem like something that Dan Ashwood would do. And that is it. That is me for today, folks. Thank you, as always. Bit of a random one, I suppose. But sure, look, it is what it is of Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow. Questions Day. Have some good ones already lined up. A few uh, a few 11s to build out, which I always enjoy. So uh, I'll see you then. And take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.